There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Tune Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Um, welcome along. We're having another look at the chart of, let me see, where is it? There it is in front of me now, the 27th of August, 1995. Third episode of this one, which must mean it's a good one. And of course, as we said, from the off, it's uh, pre-Euro 96. Uh, so it's it's leading up to that glorious time. Did it's almost see- what you might call the mother chart. Yeah. Did you see earlier today, this, we're recording this a couple of days before this goes out, because um, speaking of Euro 96, the new version of Three Lions has been released. Updated. Not another one. Not another one. Oh, oh, mate, this is Three Lions at Christmas. It's a Christmas oh, hang song on, as hang well. On. As- I've, I've seen this. Is this... Oh, no. I saw one that I actually did like, which is a sort right. of a charity single. I meant to send it to you, which is... Um, so here he is, Jordan Pickford, and it's like Christ- oh, it's, right. a, it's a Christmas version of uh, "Here It Is, Merry Christmas" by Slade. Yeah, and I've got to say, I watched it, and it's a funny video, and I think it's been done to help promote a charity. Good. And I kind of wanted to be cynical about it, but I actually really liked it because, okay. um, and then I realised it's made largely. I mean, a World Cup at Christmas put two things together. There's something quite special about that in a weird way it's weird it's weird but it's got and everyone's just been saying it's weird because it is but what what people in in the process of going on about how weird it is i've not stopped to sort of think wow it's like rocky four like i know rocky right, four right. wasn't necessarily christmas but he was out in the snow so it felt christmassy it felt christmassy right yeah. and i've never heard that described as a christmas film before but okay. no i'm gonna start calling it a christmas film just because it's <laughs> You're snowy calling it, are you? All right. right and and also like uh what's another christmas thing well, you know, like the old when the Germans and the the Germans and the and the Tommies had a big football match. Had a football match, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So it's got slight vibes about that. And the other thing is, I genuinely, genuinely find the song "Merry Christmas" by Slade. What's it called? "Merry Christmas" or "Merry Christmas, Everybody"? Yeah, "Merry Christmas, Everybody." I find that one of the most emotional songs of all time. Like, That's brilliant, isn't it? When yeah. I hear it, it's the song that has that touches my heart like no other mm. like because you just get an emotional recall to every christmas you've ever had all of those golden cherished memories from when you were younger it just sort of brings them all to the front and it's also just a, a really 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 good song it's a 
banging pop song. It's a fucking banging yeah. song. And I remember yeah. everything from being a kid and hearing it in shops when you're out Christmas shopping with your mum in a department store or something. But then also being a teenager in the pub on Christmas Eve when you go out with all your mates on Christmas Eve yeah. and get absolutely fucking I really spanned. That. And it's doing ca- that. Oh, Christmas Eve beers was like the best. Yeah. And much better than New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve was oh, always completely. ended in sort of miserable misery. But um, Christmas Eve was so exciting because you were on the lash and all you were thinking was, tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to get my presents. <laughs> i get loads of new stuff. You were old enough to get to want to get really pissed and be able to get in the pub, but still young enough to get absurdly excited about the prospect of Christmas presents. Yeah. And it was absolutely lovely. And I remember just being in the pub like the, we used to go to the, to the same pub every year, and that song would come on just <clears> as we were reaching <throat> peaked pissedness, as Darren Goff yeah. might say. Just as I was the most <laughs> pissedest I'd ever been, and then I'd um, and you'd just be dancing around up on the chairs, and it's and then anyway, I just think it's a very moving song. And when it was set to World Cup, the lyrics are things like, um, do you know? Does your granny always tell you Bobby Charlton was the best? Then she's cheering, <laughs> uh, then she's cheering on Grealish like the rest. So, you know, daft, daft lyrics really, mate. You can probably fill the gaps right. in yourself, but I liked it. I love it. It reminds me, most of all, obviously, of being at our price because yeah. the Christmas build-up, the, the three weeks before Christmas was just ridiculously busy. Um and you'd have to play in store. You'd have to play Christmas songs all the time, pretty much. So you put on, mm. now that's what I call Christmas. And like Merry Christmas, everybody would come on every hour. Uh, John and Yoko, Happy Christmas, War is Over, if you Wizard. want it. Wizard. Wizard, all of them. Um, Shaking Stevens, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Mariah Carey was, of course, the new one then, but that's, that's, yeah, that's a that classic was vintage one. So that's that's. What that song Slade's the best one. Slade and Wham are the yeah. two best ones, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. And, and all um, that I, can you avoid hearing? We talk about this every year, but all that avoid hearing Wham pisses me off because it's like, why would you want to avoid hearing that? Of course you would. It's one of the best yeah, songs ever that. written. Yeah. yeah. I want. Yeah. To, I will actively can, seek it out. Yeah. Constantly. Midnight, first of December. Put it on. Put it on. And it's also Christmas just now. constantly watching the video. Constantly watching yeah. the video, like because it's one of the most dramatic and moving videos to me. That that the video to Last Christmas compares to the great televisual dramas of what our time. Was, I, I'd put it. I, I'd rank it the, next to the Sopranos. What was the very first history box that we did? Do you remember? Careless Whisper, I think. Careless Whisper. It? What shall we do next month? History box. Obviously, the video to Last Obviously Christmas. Obviously, the video for Last Christmas. There which, we go. Which uh, follows very similar themes because in it, right, basically. In Kelly's Whispers, we investigated forensically in History Box. Mm. George has, in a moment of madness, cheated on his bird. And yeah. uh, which was, the, by the way, the original working title of that song was Cheated on My Bird. When he first wrote it, when he was 12, <laughs> on a bus, right? Yeah. He <laughs> never even uh, had a bird. Yeah. And um, it was called Whoops, I Cheated on My Bird. But in the end, the record company changed it to Careless Whisper. Right, but there's a lot of like simmering looks across the dance floor, isn't there? And looks of guilt and shame. Yeah. And last yeah. Christmas just continues the same theme. In fact, maybe that came before Careless Whisper. I'm not sure, but oh, he certainly the same, got the same. Yeah, Careless Whisper was got, earlier though. He's got the same hair, 
right, at this stage. Yeah. And they're off at a wonderful Swiss it's Lodge. Massive which, hair, isn't it? I tell you what, Andy. I mean, we'll get into this. I don't want to blow it all now. But I would love for us to one day spend Christmas with some close friends and loved ones at a yeah. lodge just like that one in the, in the last Christmas video. Yeah. Like the top flight time yeah. machine Christmas retreat. More, more non-alcoholic eggnog? Andy? Andy, <sighs> would, I said oh, you want be- some... Do you want some more non-alcoholic eggnog, Andy? What's that? Oh, that Sh- shove it up my ass. Okay, I'll do that. Us together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I want it to All be right. a top flight time machine Christmas retreat. Well, I'd have to I, I want to it. spend Christmas with you. All right. <laughs> in a Swiss ski lodge. <laughs> this is one of the times when I'm glad we're not always in the same room when we record these episodes. Because you, you like, leaned into the screen there. As you, you said t- that, I what you thought I was going to try? You. If I was here, I'd kiss you. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the feeling I'm getting. I'm, I, I see I some you mistletoe what, mate, in your hand. We slag off football a lot on this show, but the truth is, I love Christmas and I love football. And take all the other shit and cynicism out of it. What I've got ahead of me, sitting here today, is Christmas and football. Plus, add into the equation my new kitten, Bobby. And things are looking quite good for old well, for old fish cake. I, 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 I'm glad for you. I'm happy for you. But for me, over the last few years, Christmas has become about the darts. And I know that you don't yeah. buy into the I darts. Watch, I do watch a bit of the darts over Christmas. I mean, I'll just say this now. Last night was one of the, the greatest matches I've seen in a long time. It was Michael Van Gerwen, who was, of yeah. course, the big, bald, baby-faced Dutchman. I'm sure you're aware oh, of him. Oh, yeah, I like him, the, yeah. Where's Green? Yeah, one of the best players, probably the best player of the last ten years, um, and he played against a young Irish lad from Northern Ireland who's just coming through. I think he's twenty-one. He's called Josh Rock, and he <laughs> is—he is the real deal. Is he? He's going to be a massive star, and he played Michael Van Gerwen last night. And in the second leg, Josh Rock threw a nine-darter, the perfect leg, oh. which very, very rarely happens. And I was out of my seat, and I was punching the fucking air. Oh, and that's roaring great, like a yeah. lunatic. That's lovely incredible. stuff. I'm happy. So the dart starts on about the 15th of December, the first round. Goes right through as a little break at Christmas and then right yeah. through to New Year. Um, so I know, I, know what, I know what's coming. I know how you'll feel. When Darts, the, the, football, when, when the football Christmas, culminates. Kitten. When does it end? Is it about the 20th of the 22nd or something? What, the World Cup? Sure. 19th, I think it is. 19th, is it? And then you have a Actually, what's the back. date today? It's the 18th, because my son told me today he goes, it'll be the World Cup final month today. I think oh, they're right, doing okay. it slightly quicker than usual by a couple right. of days because of the nature of it all. Are there more teams in it this year than before? Or no, is I it think just it's, still like 32 No, it's always 32, isn't it? Or it has been, inc- it been, has been since like 1986 or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 18th of December, 3 p.m. That's going to be pretty good. While I open oh, it, it's cut. looking like it Fo- might be a oh. shit show. Yeah, but uh, not only if you're there. I mean, football on the telly, as we found out in lockdown, mm. to a large extent, football's football, if you're watching it on the box. Yeah. If you're there, it would be a shame. But well, I'd never had any fucking intention of going to this World Cup. Yeah, no, like well, that's you, the thing. all my pennies are being saved for the next one in North America and Mexico. Same, same. Yeah, got an account opened already, saving up for it. But same, but but who is going to go? Is anyone going to go? They're, they're talking about um, hiring fans from Pakistan. Yeah, they the have. I've day. seen them. They're all, them they're all singing um, three lines, but to the wrong tune. 
they're all going to be sleeping in pods. They're, they're all, all sleeping all, in pods like that one you uh, slipped in, in, in Cardiff. Three lions on like, my shirt. Jules Rimmey is gleaming. Huh? Whoa. What? Stop what? me there. No. Yeah. Not the voice. No I accents. can't do the voice. Or Peter Sellers used to always do that. Yeah, that was then, though. Oh, okay. They, they, they don't repeat the party anymore. Oh, uh, okay. too. Things have changed. But um, this isn't even what we're meant to be talking about. We're meant to be talking about the... Um, Let's the, take chart, ourselves back to but the Euro 96 mother chart. To go back to what I was saying, Three Lions Christmas came out today, and it's... I can see why they've done it, but, my God, just... It's it's good because it mentions the the women winning the mm. Euros in the uh, in the summer, mm. and saying that that's a kind of a good look, you know, vibe sort of thing, and maybe the men will get it right this time. But I mean, they're not going to, are they? I don't think so. I had to say to my son, he's convinced we're going to win, and I had to give him okay. the chat. I go, okay, listen, right? I know I love your optimism, but for goodness' sake, I said, you know, you do know we're not going to win, and he went, well, and I went, no, listen, son. We're definitely not going to win the World Cup. It's mm. as simple as that. So I love your optimism. I just don't want you to get all upset when we don't win. Because because his two tor- the, the tournaments that are most vivid in his mind, in his life, are mm. the last two. One, we got to semi-finals. Yeah. And the next one, we lost narrowly on penalties in the final. So in his mind, yeah. that's England. I would say England are probably slightly less good now than they were even two years ago. If you look mm-hmm. at the decline of the defence just hasn't changed and it's always been weak. And now even Harry Maguire has got worse. So yeah. really, it's kind of the same team that it's been in the last two tournaments. But, you know, I would say I would even say Harry Kane's not quite as good as he was at the last going into the last World Cup. So, yeah. you know, it was, I mean, of course, stranger things have happened, but not many. West uh, England will go out maybe in the quarterfinals on penalties. There's, there's um, but who cares? Player. There's one player who I think could elevate England above the level that maybe they've been at before, and that's Phil Forden. Yeah. I think he's due a really good tournament. Yeah, is but he? I don't. I feel like I don't watch enough football outside of West Ham. Is he really? Is he the real deal? <laughs> I think he is. Yeah, I think he's reached a level now. He wasn't ready last time. He was, so, was too much expected of him. But I think this time he's so around, little, Andy. He is only little, but that's that's not. Messi's only little. Doesn't matter well, anymore, does it? They're all like little. The they're all like sprites now, aren't they? That's the thing. Yeah, they breed them small now, mm. and then they'll start breeding them big again, like small like and mean. To in Cambridge. They've started trying to breed them without testicles, so as to yeah. like, so they don't get they're themselves into men. sex trouble. Yeah, which is a distraction. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Do you know if if all I'll say just quickly, just and then we'll end the football chat. If um. If we go out and Southgate has to go, right, which he probably mm. will, mm. a lot of people are speculating who would take his place. And I will say this right now, who I think it should be and who I think it will be, same person. Mm. I think it'll be Pele. Yeah. I think it'll be the ghost of Maradona. Well, that maybe they the could dream, work together. Dream for me. Or maybe a dream ticket. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Pele on earth. Maradona in the heavenly realm like a like a Combining. sporting director like you know yeah. like sometimes yeah. like he always like Moyes likes to be on the touchline but he used to have Stuart Pearce up in the stands to get a different perspective that's the way Pele and Maradona yeah. might work it or like Hoddle and Eileen Drury yeah she kind of um, she she do. sort of operated in a sort of more of a celestial realm didn't she yeah 
Um, that would work for me, the two of them together. But um, what, who do you think it'll be, though? I mean, Eddie was, Howe, it? I, I mean, oh, who'd be the England manager? Yeah, uh, I don't mean Eddie Howe. He's, he's starting a project at Newcastle and he owes it to well, them to yeah, see that but, project through. Yeah, he, but he keeps getting asked a lot of difficult questions about Saudi Arabia and all that. Yeah, I suppose if you think so. Yeah, yeah, it, maybe it'll be Eddie Howe. I'll find that deeply uninspiring and tedious. But, yeah. That's how I feel but, about England, though, in general. But then so. again, who could they hire that I'd be excited by? Pele, for sure. Bielsa, 100%. I've also heard strong rumours that Thomas Tuchel is, believes he will get the job. And that's really? why he's not, he's not entertaining any club offers. And I thought, that's strange. And then I thought, it's also wonderful, was Thomas Tuchel is an interesting and weird character. <laughs> he certainly and is. If we, yeah. got, if we hired an insane German... To be the England be, manager, it would be, be really, it would be insane. Yeah. So I, he'd get my backing out of the realistic runners and riders. Mm. He's having to leave the country though, isn't he? Because his visa's run out. What was like Brexit and all that. He's still Don't in nicked. England. He's waiting around. Don't nick to worry, English. I will be back. I can be back. <laughs> Sooner than you think. <laughs> get your Yorkshire tea and your chicken tikka masala ready. I'm coming home. <laughs> Oh, yeah, please give it to Tuchel. I'd love that. Jalapeño. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jalapeño. Um, what was it again? It's the chart, isn't it? Mm. What else is going on in this chart? Let me ask about this. New entry at number six, I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts. This was a, obviously, I think this is a song had been like from a few years previously, but of course, this was when Friends came out and everyone started getting really into Friends. I, I, I think this, I, it was, was a, this was commissioned for, for Friends. Oh, was it commissioned? Yeah, oh, I thought it was yeah. a, Well, the thing is about this song is, I'm not, don't particularly like the song. I don't despise it. But, mm. I'm, you know, it's like, but, um, I was really shocked when Friends became so immediately huge. And in a sense, I mean, I'm not here to hate on Friends. I've, you know, my my daughter went through a phase a few years ago of becoming obsessed and I like, watched the whole thing. Yeah. And I watched more. And I could see that it's well written. Some of the acting, particularly Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer, are fucking talented comic actors, right? And... Uh, and some of the writing's great, although it's very dated in terms of some of the, um, you know, un-PC themes. I mean, yeah. most of the jokes are homophobic or fattest. Fatphobic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I couldn't... And so I don't hate... I'm not... I don't hate Friends, but I couldn't ever... And so when it came out and it became huge, I just thought... I remember watching it when it first came out before it turned into this phenomenon. 
and thinking, this is a generic American sitcom. This is a sitcom. Mm. Even at that age, wherever I was, 18, I thought, oh, yeah, I've seen these sitcoms a million times before because I watched every mm. sitcom that ever came on. And it was like a bunch of people living in an apartment kind of having a funny time, right? And that, that was it. And I thought, and because it's American, they're all attractive. So that what I'm saying is, I don't think it's rubbish, but even to this day, I can't understand what elevated it above all the other sitcoms to be, I believe, the most successful of all time. I, I know what you mean. I didn't think, I mean, from like series three onwards, because I used to watch it with my girlfriend at the time, and from series three onwards, I thought it was good. It got yeah. better the longer it went on because it, it started living its own skin sort yeah, of thing and became like an, a it. living organism. Yeah. Whereas it, it didn't really find its way in the first couple of series, which was when it was like kind of massive. really massive. Yeah. It was like instantly massive, like you said. And I think it was, Seinfeld was huge at the time. And I think it was mm. that, whichever network it was, NBC or whatever, wanted to do something that was a bit Seinfeldy, which right. is friends hanging around in New York. But not a bit much more happening. mainstream. But more mainstream, yeah, not as good. So the jokes um, were easier to get, basically. Yeah. yeah. But even even though that was the case, Seinfeld was the number one show in America. It wasn't a cult really? thing. Sein- oh, Seinfeld was huge. Yeah. Right, I didn't know that. It was the, I always thought it was, it was cult. Another network's attempt to try and do a Seinfeld, and but it took a while to settle in. But yeah, I, I think it's. I still think it's pretty good. My kids went through that thing of watching yeah. all of them as well. I think it's good. I do think yeah. it's good. I've never thought it's shit by any means. I'll watch it. I'll always laugh. And like I say, I think Jennifer Aniston is like, and like just actually, if anything, underrated. I think she become. Um, let's fam- mention Lisa Kudrow as well, who's brilliant yeah. in it. But like, she became famous as a celebrity and like a style icon, and people were interested in her love life and her all the rest of it and her hairstyle. But actually, as a result of all of that stuff. You can lose the sight that I thought she was always the star of the show. She yeah. was very funny. Her character was the most interesting character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I also, yeah, I think David Schwimmer's great. Uh, but, yeah, I've just never, and this song got to number one. I remember having an argument with my sister-in-law at the time. She's going, oh, my God, have you seen the show? And I was like, it's all right. I said, you're going on about <laughs> it. Like, it's fucking, it's not like Dad's Army. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's all right. It's a good show. It's nice. It's a nice show, right? And she goes to me, you wouldn't understand. You're too young to get the jokes. (laughs) Are you too young then? (laughs) Yeah. I was about 18 or 19. She was probably in her 30s. And she, yeah, she, I've never forget. uh, I'll I'll never forget that. That was very Mm. patronising, wasn't it? Yeah. Ageist. And of course, now you'd be too old probably to get them. Yes, yeah, so and, and I think when I was in my twenties, <laughs> which I believe they're all supposed to be, in their yeah. sort of late twenties, I suppose. I don't think I was in a state to be watching. Friends was not high on my agenda in my late twenties, so I missed the sweet spot. Mm. But uh, the song itself, you know, inoffensive, like the show, inoffensive guitar pop thing. Yeah. That's all right, isn't it? Number six, yeah. Uh, Below it, Waterfalls could give me the opportunity to once again retell my Brian Eno story. It could do. But I've told that story like more times than almost any other story. A lot of the time, you've forgotten that I've told it, so I'm allowed to tell it again. But this one, I've told so many times, you're bound to remember it. So I'll just praise it and say. I went to Brian Eno's house and he said, do you want to hear the best bass line of all time? And I said, yes. And he put on Waterfalls by TLC. That's the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I then deep dived the bassist on that track and I believe right. you might have done as well so I can't remember now but I'll just say to listeners look it up who played bass on Waffles and then read more about him because he was a, a sensational bassist not my done, words yeah. the words of Brian Eno yeah okay there it is again uh, who, who else is what else is happening in this uh, 7475 by Connells do you remember that yeah. one yeah I do remember that really oh, well I, I really didn't like that Seven one at all. really jarred with the rest of the music of the time oh. because the thing about all there's different genres in this chart but the thing about the mid 90s was everything was even though there was different genres I would say the one thing that connected them all was their complete sense of fun and exhilaration right yeah Excite, excitement music that was the mid 90s um, you know look at Michelle Gale happy just to be with you right yeah um, Kiss from a Rose oh I'll get back to that because I've got some good thing to say about that but, oh, okay but 74, 75 is just like yeah yeah it just didn't fit in felt a bit more early 90s it reminds me a bit of um, What's Going On by Four Non Blondes. It's kind of a... Oh, uh, God, yeah, that was like 93 or something. Yeah. sort of dirge. <laughs> I know what you mean. I quite liked that, though. Do you? <laughs> no, I didn't really. You know, you sort of like it in the same way that you might pick some fluff out of your belly butt and, and be, find it quite satisfying, but then, yeah. no, it's grotesque. But that, that's my feeling towards that song. That kind of, yeah, it would soundtrack uh, that activity. Is that what you're saying? Uh, with Seal, Kiss from a Rose, I can't right. remember exactly what I was going to say, but I do think that's an amazing song, and it's from the soundtrack to Batman. Um, is it yeah. Batman 2 Batman or 3? Forever, maybe. I don't know. And I read an article once, not that long ago, that was a quite funny writer, I think he might have been American, detailing why he believed that the greatest album of all time was the soundtrack to Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, and I thought, oh, I'm not sure about this. But then I read the article and it was really convincing because it just it was a snapshot of all the best music of that era, you reckon. Right. Um, Batman Forever soundtrack. I've yeah, got it, in it, front it, of me. it was it was it I can't remember it was oh, on quite yeah. 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 It, Have you found the yeah, article I, or I've, just the I've, listing? I got the C D of this. I got it at the time. I got a promo of it free. When I was at our price, Mate, and then when I listened to it, it was like, yeah, fuck take, it out. Yeah, take this is really good. It, right? They've got Sorry. Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2. That's a banger, mate. It's one of U2's better ones, definitely. It's one yeah. of their better songs. Yeah. It's got One Time Too Many by PJ Harvey. They've got Peach on a fucking superhero movie soundtrack, yeah. mate. you got to hand it to the cunts, yeah. right? Keep They've got going. Kiss From A Rose, which I've got to say, that is a fucking really emotional fucking enormous song right by Seal yeah. it's probably Seal's best song right then you've got like the Flaming Lips are on there right uh, hang on you've Nick, got Massive Nick, Attack Nick Cave is on there for fuck's massive sake attack massive Tracy Attack Thorne. with Tracy Thorne Jesus Christ lads this is a fucking album it's and got think Brandy on all... it Where Are You Now Brandy's a great singer I, I think these were all commissioned for the soundtrack as well I don't think they're like tracks that these artists have done anywhere else yeah um, yeah, yeah massive attacks definitely not on any of their albums might be like a compilation thing um nick cave there is a light I'm not sure about that but method man the riddler obviously that's yeah. made for the film this is yeah, very credible this, this, yeah. this is the, the lineup nick cave pj harvey massive attack do you know what i mean this is not you two imagine getting you two 
convincing mm. you two to fucking record a film, spe- a, a song, especially for a one-off film, right? Yeah. And and to be honest, it's not even the lead song on the album because the seal track was the biggest hit, I think. Mm. This is yeah, if him, you go to a website called Fatherly. There's a piece. I think this is the piece I'm referring to, unless it's been written by more than one person, which it might have done. Maybe this is one of those internet tropes that I'm unaware of. Um, But it was written by a guy called Ryan Britt on Fatherly in March this year. And the headline is, the Batman Forever soundtrack might be the greatest album of the 90s. And the subhead is, there's literally nothing to to compare it to. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is the I best. Think we I might don't be know. In a, I think we're, we're certainly open to that notion. Yeah, I think. Like, no, we'll, it we'll, it's, it's a great Mazzy Star. They're brilliant as well. There's only the, the only things I'd probably miss out on it. It, it would be, I guess. The Offspring, who I never liked, but that's a cover of the damn Smash It Up. So how can you get yeah. that wrong? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Um, and Michael Hutchins, who who I you know loathe. You hate him. Um, yeah. He's doing a cover of Iggy's The Passenger. Um, yeah, great, great album. He says in this piece, just to take a bit at random, in the 80s and 90s, the soundtrack album stat with super popular contemporary artists wasn't uncommon. But what was uncommon was for the majority of those tracks to be good and for the talent pool to be diverse as hell. Case in point, in 1989, the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack somehow featured Bobby Brown, Elton John, and run DMC. The problem is the Elton John song brackets "Love Is a Cannibal" <laughs> isn't any good, and New Edition Supernatural is just meh, right? Um, and so he's saying this one they got all these acts together, but the acts all actually did fucking amazing songs. So little interesting Batman Forever rabbit hole there because as a as a film. It was a disappointment, big disappointment, because the first I don't think two I ever saw the film. The first two <laughs> Just, Batman films that Tim Burton yeah. did are fucking brilliant, right? Look at the picture. Is the that ones Jim with Michael Carrey? Keaton? The yeah, he plays the Riddler. Yeah, it's, I never saw yeah. it. It's not very good. Um, uh, yeah, there's but the the first two are brilliant, and to be fair, mm. the first one has an even better soundtrack in a way because it's Prince. And what I like about Prince's approach to the soundtrack to the first Batman film is that he made it, in my opinion, deliberately impenetrable in places, right? It's a good song, Mm. right? It's a good album. It's got some good tracks on it. But the thing is, that's 1989. So he's coming off the back of Love Sexy, right? Love Sexy is like one fucking neat three-minute pop song after another, right? Mm -hmm. And Prince is still like at his creative peak. And so they go... We'll get Prince to do the soundtrack to Batman. You can't get a better artist to do a soundtrack than Prince, right? Madonna had just done Dick Tracy, so it was the idea of can we get one of the biggest artists in the world to do our soundtrack? So he releases this album, and it's such a beautiful thing because the album is just the bat sign, nothing else, mm-hmm. right? I remember being so excited by this when I was at school. Um, and it's a great I, album. It's underrated. It, it, it is a great album, right? Especially if you're what I would call a Prince fan, right? Yeah, well, but yeah. if you if you are someone who likes Prince because on Love Sexy, which you'd bought the year before, whatever, you really enjoyed Alphabet Street, or mm. earlier on in the decade you'd like Raspberry Beret or Dove's Cry or one of his other sort of perfect pop songs, the Batman soundtrack doesn't really contain that style of Prince song. It contains a lot of experimental 
jazz funk at times, right? And I believe that Prince will have done that because they'll have said, Prince, will you do an album for a blockbuster movie about a superhero? And Prince's instincts would have been, that's the opposite of the sort of thing I'd ever do. However, if I say yes, but then insist on just them publishing whatever I come up with, that could be really entertaining to me. Mm. So they thought they were going to get a Prince song that sounded like Purple Rain, but they didn't. <clears throat> they got a kind of weird song, Bat Dance. I think with- you've won- No, I don't think it's that weird. I think there's loads of really good pop songs on it. There's like Electric Chair, Party Man, Lemon Crush. Lemon Crush I- is a good pop I- song, I- yeah. Bat Dance is loads of fun. It's, it's fun. All that- Listen, I like it, but it's never had those pop songs on. Lemon Crush, maybe. Bat Dance... Party no man, way. Vicky Wayne, like the future. No, it's it's not an experimental. I don't think it's an experimental. I think the one afterwards he did was Graffiti Bridge, which was the fucking yeah. next film he made, which was a a mess. But um, yeah. it, I think it's his last great pop album. But um, yeah. we're not even this, this isn't even the chart we're we talking about. No, okay, just a um, little bit of Prince slash Batman <laughs> chat. <laughs> uh, one day we'll do a Prince fucking spin-off series, yeah. probably because there's no rush. Um, except that there is today because we've run out of time. Oh, okay. Um, I think we'll leave that chart alone now. I think we've bled it dry. We've done a lot on it, we yeah. We have. We'll do a new one. Uh, we're going to do a new one next week because we've got an obligation to do another one. We haven't the managed Who the Fuck is Alice by Smokey featuring Robbie Roy Chubby Brown. But yeah, well, there you we go. We can just leave it there, yeah. We're, yeah, maybe we'll history box it one day. Thank you for listening, everybody, and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.